This episode of Locked on Hornets is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the easiest way to find tickets to the sporting events you want to go to. Download the SeatGeek app right now and enter the promo code LOHORNETS. That's LOHORNETS for $20 off your first purchase. Okay, let's get into it. It's time to talk some hoops and stuff. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, one and all. This is Locked On Hornets, presented by Hive Talk Live. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan, coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by David Walker. David, welcome in. Thanks, Doug. Good to be back again, as always, on a basketball Friday. On a basketball Friday. Just a, just a Friday, I think. Almost, we could just, we could just, yeah, just a Friday. We could just right. leave it at Friday, and I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty satisfied. Ready to put this week uh, behind me for sure. Yeah. Um, big show ahead. We, we've, we're wrapping up our series on depth chart previews of each position where we've, we've come to the center position and we're going to talk about Cody Zeller, Roy Hibbert and Spencer Hawes. Uh, and also Michael Jordan making uh, owner of the Charlotte Hornets, making a statement on everything that's happened in Charlotte's the, you know, that we've talked about on the show. And so we'll get to that later on in the show as well. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, podcast on your favorite teams, delivered week daily. Panthers fans, make sure to head over to iTunes after the show and subscribe to the Locked On Panthers podcast with host Steve Reed. If you have a question, a comment, or you want to sponsor the show, email us at buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Okay, let's get right into it. Let's start with the final part of our week-long series profiling each depth chart position. We we're here, we're at the center position. And if you want to be a center on the Charlotte Hornets, David, under seven feet need not apply. The Hornets have three <laughs> players at the position, all over seven feet tall, beginning with uh, presumed starter Cody Zeller, entering his fourth year, all with the Hornets. Behind him, former Pacer star, joining the Hornets this season from the Lakers, Roy Hibbert. And in his second year with the Hornets, Spencer Hawes. David, let's begin with starter Cody Zeller. It wasn't a given that Cody Zeller would ever solidify himself as a starter in this league. His rookie year, he averaged six points, four rebounds off the bench, but looked unsure, a little confused on the floor, didn't stretch the floor like a lot of people thought he was was going to be able to. How far has he come since that first season? Well, I mean, let me ask you this, Doug. Do you think he has solidified, or do you think this is just a matter of circumstance? at this point no i think he has solidified i think he's proven that he can uh be a starting center and a valuable piece if if surrounded with the right players i I wouldn't necessarily call him you know an impact player but i think that you know he has shown that uh, he's going to stick around for a while that he has value and he, he just looks more comfortable on and off the court. Yep, and that's the main thing I was thinking of, Doug. I mean, his comfort level and his consistency, I think, are the two biggest reasons that he's been able to lock down that spot. I mean, you mentioned it. You know, he does impact the game, but, I mean, he's not an impact player, right? He's not going to do it all by himself, certainly not on a consistent basis, or certainly not up to this point. So, I mean, the biggest thing for him coming in 
was strength. I mean, he was still getting pushed around uh, early on in his career. Has has cut that down a little bit, I think. Um, to me, at times, can still um, you know uh, not be as forceful inside or not hold his ground as well as I think some of us would like. And so that would be the area where I hope he continues to improve. You know, be able to lock down space and hold it there and not get pushed off the spot. Um, I think it's going to go a long way for him. Um, and you know, Doug, we talked about the three point shooting last year. This time last year, that was that was all the rage. Is that even? something they want him to be doing i mean i guess in today's nba the answer is yes but i mean realistically they're not even looking for that from him uh you know on a consistent basis at all right no i i don't think so uh, i think you know his his three-point attempt rate uh actually it, it did go up uh last season to point zero two up from point zero zero three in in 2014-15 but uh, he's still uh, a free throw rate of point zero one, which is um, uh, pretty uh, pretty low, and you know I, I think that we have to give him a, it's a little bit of benefit of the doubt. You know he's been able to overcome a tough rookie year, and, and he turned in a productive second year, and then this last season I thought you know he was able to do certain things where you go okay if the Hornets didn't have that at that particular time in the season they would have been in trouble. If they didn't have his athleticism, his defense at the center position, especially without a dedicated shot blocker, the Hornets would have been in trouble. So uh, let's let's talk about Roy Hibbert for a second. I don't know if he's really the presumed backup. I think uh, you know Roy Hibbert and Spencer Hawes will, will have to figure that out in the offseason. But Roy Hibbert has started all but one game over the past six seasons. I, I think it's a legitimate concern, David, to wonder how he's going to adjust to a bench role. Do you do you have that concern? Not from what I'm hearing from him early on. You know, I think he's really looking at this a lot of the same way that Jeremy Lin looked at it. And we've talked about these guys coming in off of down years and looking at Charlotte as a place that they can hopefully bounce back. So if you go in, if you go into the situation with that mindset, which you know from what I've heard from Hibbert, that's the way he's looking at it. Um, then I think I don't think it will be an issue because. You know, you, we're talking about the center spot here. There's going to be plenty of minutes to go around for these three guys, I think. And each one brings something unique to the table, right? I mean, Hibbert, they're not going to look for him to be an Al Jefferson-type scorer down there. But they are going to look for him to take up some space and provide some low-post defense and block some shots and do some other things. So um, I think he'll be okay because, let's face it, you know, after that season in Los Angeles, there's not many people that are expecting him to rebound. I mean – there are not many thumbs up. I mean, there's a few out there. There's not many uh, thumbs up on this signing, or at least the the prospect that it can be good for both sides. So I think he's a smart guy. I think he's had success in the league before. I mean, you mentioned he's a you know, former, former All-Star, right? So um, Two-time All-Star, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. So you know he knows what's at stake. I don't think that's going to be an issue. Uh, for Steve Clifford and the guys to to ask for to come off the bench, and I mean, you know, the way season goes, you know, he could be a starter at some point. Um, we've seen that from this coaching staff before. I mean, situational starting lineups, I guess. So, uh, to answer your question, though, I think he'll be just fine. You 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 mentioned the tough year, uh, averaged uh, six points and uh, under five rebounds after being a, a solid ten and seven at his best. He was a, a thirteen and eight guy. Uh, his his actual efficiency numbers 
were pretty similar to his last season in Indiana, but he just wasn't a featured player in the offense. I, I, I should I should correct what I or not correct, but slightly adjust what I meant by my question, David. I, I think psychologically he's going to be fine with moving to the bench because I, I feel like you're right. He uh, I think he looks at this as an opportunity, like Jeremy Lin did before him, to revive his career here in Charlotte. So I think he's going to be fine from that perspective. I just mean, you know, you start every game for six seasons and starting, preparing yourself to start and preparing yourself to come off the bench. And, you know, whether it be a, a solid 20 minute bench roll or spot start or, you know, spot minutes, I think it's different. I think it's different having to, you know, sit on the bench for the beginning of the beginning of the game, and then having to come out with with a ton of energy. I just wonder if if that's going to be a factor in his play this season. So, you know, we'll, we'll yeah, have to see. That's a good point. And we were during our uh, one of our summer previews or shows. Um, we we spoke we spoke about his appearance on the uh, on the Ringer podcast there, mm-hmm. and just how what a weird situation that was in Los Angeles last year. He know, was essentially, I mean, he essentially had a bench role, even though he started exactly, every day. Yeah, exactly right. So, I mean, that was such an odd year. I think he's going to be so excited to be back in a somewhat more normal. Uh, NBA, you know, environment and, and just looking to do good things for himself and his team. So I, I mean, if anything, that would be motivation for him to just show up and and um, you know, and and do whatever the team needs to be, to do needs him to do to be successful. Roy Hibbert certainly excited to get back. We're excited to get back to basketball, but in the meantime, we're excited that football is back. And if you want football tickets, you got to go to our friends at SeatGeek. They make finding tickets online easy by searching multiple ticket sites to make sure you're getting the best price for the best ticket. I have the SeatGeek app on my iPhone, and it's hands down the easiest way to shop for tickets. With a few taps on the app, I can get my tickets for for this weekend against the Vikings or, or any game this season, really. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every single ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value, so you get to immediately see this is, a, this is so cool. You immediately see underpriced seats, and, and you can find a, a deal that fits your budget. Best of all, our hardcore Hornets fans get a $20 rebate off their first purchase. So to get your $20 rebate on tickets, here's what you have to do. Download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. Enter promo code LOHORNETS. That's L-O-Hornets. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. I mean, what's better than that? I don't know. Download the SeatGeek app right now and enter promo code L-O-Hornets, L-O-Hornets, and get that $20 rebate. Cool stuff, David. Awesome deal. Let's get back to this center breakdown, David. I We have to talk about Spencer Hawes, and I feel like Spencer Hawes is getting a little lost in this discussion. I, I, you, we're just not hearing a ton about Spence. I want. I wonder why that is. Uh, other than he, he has, I think he was you know sort of embroiled in in trade rumors along with Jeremy Lamb, and, and maybe that's why people are sort of writing off Spencer Hawes because they feel like the Hornets have written him off in in the in a way to say that you know they, they may be looking to trade him. Yeah, I mean, 
you could say he was maligned for much of last year, right? I mean, as soon as that trade was made, he was really seen as a throw-in, which is um, probably not fair to him coming over from the Clippers. I mean, but he was looked at as a bad moment, contract until right. the numbers shot up. Right. So, um, but had some good moments, provided a spark here or there uh, from the three-point line, and had some good moments as well, kind of distributing the ball. Which, again, if you look at the other guys at the center position. I mean, those have to be the two areas that they're going to look for Spencer to go in there and get the team, right? So three-point shooting, uh, as we talked about, Cody and, and Hibbert are not going to give you that. And really his ability to to find guys as well and make passes uh, on the play uh, or on offense. So I think that's what he can still bring. I mean, I don't know, Doug. It's, it's odd. I mean, the it is, you're right. The whole time he's been here, it's like he's going to get traded. He's going to be in trade talks. Um, but the coaching staff, they seem to have, you know, a decent amount of faith in him, and that's some of the guys they tend to play, you know. So I still think they view him as someone that can potentially help them. Yeah, I mean, he played alongside Frank Kaminsky a lot last season, and as I said before, I think Spencer Hawes gives you that opportunity in contrast to Roy Hibbert. I think both of those guys are going to see minutes early on. You know, he's he's a, he's a liability on defense, and so playing him alongside Frank Kaminsky hurt the Hornets defensively last season. If Frank improves that could benefit defensively, that could benefit Spencer Hawes and keep him on the floor more. But Spencer, great passer and uh, a good three-point shooter. His three-point numbers were great in, in limited minutes. And he was uh, a, a really good rebounder. You, you, we kind of we undersell his, his rebounding ability, but he would have... He had several good games uh, last season providing some clutch rebounding late in games. But, you know, he, he's kind of, he, he's sort of set in stone, I feel like, as a, yeah. as a six and four guy, six points, four rebounds. You know, that's, that's kind of where he, he settled in last season and where I expect him to be uh, this season. Uh, but, you know, like you said, he does have big game ability. I mean, he started in the league for, for several years, and he had a couple of games where he, he scored 18 and 10, I think, one game against Orlando, uh, the, the game that Kimba scored 40 against Orlando. Mm-hmm. He was a big part of that game. So it's nice, I think, for the Hornets. I mean, when you look over the center position, I feel like they have depth. Uh, so that's good. I mean, you know, if, if, if Cody or Roy were to have an injury, I'm fine with, with slotting Spencer Hawes in there. You know, he's going to have moments where you, you know, you, you, you sigh. I mean, that's just kind of, kind of his game uh, where you go, oh my God, why did he, why did he try to make that play? Or why did he, why did he shoot that shot? He's going to have those moments. He's going to have a couple floaters. But yeah, gonna, but he also going to hit the lane. Right. But I mean, he also he has that courage. I mean, he has that he wants mm. to help the team. You know, I think it comes from that place. And so that's an asset in my mind, especially for a guy coming off the bench. You want that guy to to be aggressive. And I think Spencer Hawes can provide that for the Hornets, but it also is an attractive contract for the Hornets, about a little over $6 million. It could be moved. And you have to remember too, Spencer uh. got minutes in the playoffs. That's something you oh, yeah. can't say for Jeremy Lamb. So you, you that goes back to what you said, David. There, there is a trust factor. Uh, so I, I hope you guys enjoyed this week long series looking into the depth chart. Please, if you haven't already, go back and listen to those previous episodes. Point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward. Get, it gives you a real good outlook of what the Hornets are dealing with this season. Real quick question, uh, very quick answer, David. Do you think that they can reproduce? the the output 
from the center position that they lost without Jefferson? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that, Doug. Um, I just don't know that they can. I just don't know that there's enough offensive firepower there. Even if Cody makes a a little step, I just don't think he creates enough of his own shot, personally. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think they they have to find that production somewhere else. It's not going to come from the center position. They're, They're going to have to look to do different things with the center position than they've traditionally done the past few years. Uh, okay, I want to read a, a short part of this statement from Mike from Charlotte Hornets owner Michael Jordan on uh, the the death of uh, Keith Scott and the protest that followed. Uh, he released this on uh, he released this on Thursday. Uh, the statement reads: First, I want to express my condolences to the Scott family for their loss. I also wish for a full recovery of those who have been injured. In light of the tragic events of the past three days, it is more important than ever that we restore calm and come together as a community in peaceful demonstration and conversation and in constructive and nonviolent ways. That statement from Charlotte Hornets owner Michael Jordan, uh, again, stepping out into the community, David, and, and, and having a voice in this situation, not something you can say for one of the other sports teams in Charlotte. Um, but yeah. more importantly, David, uh, that message... Uh, along with uh, the messages from uh, city leaders and and uh, uh, leaders throughout the city, was heard last night, and the demonstrations mm-hmm. were 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 nonviolent, and that's that's a relief. Yeah, Doug, and I just want to glad you mentioned this because I just want to jump back and try and clarify something that we kind of hit on yesterday. And I, I you know, um, again, we were trying to process it all. I think at the time, but. Um, we, you know, we mentioned just trying to move past this and get back to normal, and I don't, you know, we certainly didn't mean to forget this right i think we we were we were referring to getting you know past the violence certainly certainly to a place of discussion and um i think it's headed there which is the point we were trying to make i just didn't want that to take it the wrong way as we thought you know that this should just uh, we should put this behind us and forget all that had led up to this because that's uh, and, and we that's certainly not what we were saying i think it was getting to a place of discussion and dialogue and again, I hope it's moving in that direction. Certainly, based on last night, it looks like it is. So that's a good thing. Well, yeah. And what you have to remember, too, in my mind, a peaceful demonstration, that's just one step below violence, and uh, which is unacceptable, and property damage. A peaceful demonstration can be, uh, can be uh, not calm. It can be mm-hmm. it can be effective in how aggressive its messaging is. It just it just can't be violent. It can't be damaging to to people or property. And and thankfully, you had you had city leaders, uh, leaders from congregations, leaders in the community coming yeah. out and leading these protests. And that's that's you know that's sociology when we're when we're led. We, we, you know, I think we as a community act differently than when there is uh, no one uh, to to lead the flock, as it were. And I'm glad that even though they instituted a curfew last night, that city leaders were smart enough to understand, hey, this demonstration is peaceful. We don't have to to move everyone out. I mean, that's such a such a great move, and and it shows that cities are learning lessons from Ferguson. They're learning lessons from Baltimore, and and it's it's a good thing. So. Uh, happy that that Charlotte is calm and and hoping that uh, that uh, the, the messages of the protesters continue to be heard, that everyone uh, continues to move forward. So thanks for listening to Locked on Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live. And thanks so much to our sponsor, SeatGeek, the easiest way to buy and sell 
tickets online. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast. We want to hear from you. Email us your Hornets thoughts, your questions, your comments to buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Hive Talk Live is a presentation of SB Nations at thehive.com. We're back next week with much more training camp media day ahead. So we're finally going to hear from the players what they've been working on this offseason. Should be really exciting. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't blame it on Cal-